everyone, Jim Phoenix here, and boy, do we have an exciting what's cracking coming up. We've got none other than Kristen Cleveland, or you might know on our site, Kristen Cleves, the author of Daughter and Salt in the Sea, a bunch of cool flash and micro and lighter than darkness. It's all good. We're talking about art. We're talking about writing. If you are a writer, this is a absolute must, must hear interview. Without any further ado, let's roll the tape. Hey everyone, Jim Phoenix here, and another exciting, exciting, I say that too many times, not enough, who knows, episode of What's Cracking. Today, my guest is none other than Kristen Cleveland, or as you might know her in my site, Kristen Cleves. Kristen, hello. hello. Hey. Hi. Thanks for joining us, or me, I should say, joining us in the sense of the royal us. I saw this little book that you kind of have a small, small little short story, short story, Lindsay, mm-hmm. called Ravens and Roses, a women's gothic anthology. It That's correct. Out, I bought it, I pre-ordered it on Amazon, which you can actually you don't have to pre-order no more. It's out. It's so out. Yeah. $4.99 current price right now as this is a recording. $21.99 hardcover, $12.99 paperback, dogs, cast, paperbacks, kill someone with it, who knows? It's a murder weapon. It's a gift. It's all three in one. Thank you so much. First of all, what's the story called? Okay, so my story is called Daughter of Salt and Sea. Daughter of Salt and Sea. Okay. That's right. So I'm thinking of like mermaids. I'm thinking of like actually Game of Thrones. I'm thinking of the exfoliant I just used with sea salt that I'm pretty sure just dehydrated anyways. (laughs) where did that title come from lead me into it what's your creative process you got the title first or story first story comes first or title well actually the title on this one the title kind of came at the very end and i was really scrambling for it because i wanted to capture something that was like atmospheric but wouldn't really give away spoilers and i I mean i don't know how many i don't know how much spoilers i should give away on here um zero zero okay yeah because i don't want anybody to you know get bummed out and then not want to read it. But so for the process, I was actually, I had seen this call from Will and Crow Publishing House mm-hmm. who published the book and they were looking for stories for a gothic medical horror anthology, which medical was, wh- yes, it's like gothic medical horror. And let me tell you, I have a copy of this. It is so scary. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like my worst, you know, worst nightmares, like, yeah, it, it Victorian, like Gothic era medical horror. So, so it, it is very scary. So I saw the submission call for that and I started thinking about it and I had done a lot of research, uh, way back when I was in grad school on, um, you know, the way that women were treated in the Victorian era as far as like their mental health and, you know, things like hysteria and kind of some of those beliefs. So I started thinking about, you know, what someone might be um, going through, but I wanted to give it kind of like a supernatural or a sci-fi twist. Um, So, you know, some of the things that take place in the book, like um, 
with like what the doctor prescribes for this character in the book um, is based in reality, but obviously it has whoa, 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 whoa. A, a twist. Whoa, 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 back up on that. It's yeah. got a twist, but all right. For those who don't know, women became not property about Tuesday. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, and Tuesday it's it's always on uh, on the verge of going backwards. Going backwards. Land. Yes. Yeah, we're clinging on for dear life. Yeah, it's kids. Okay. When you yeah. were a little child, not you personally, but if you were in Victorian, yeah, yeah, yeah. way back land, right? Not too far ago, but still, you know, kids kind of all dressed in skirts, dresses really, yeah. And then the boys got pants and the girls kept the dress. And the women and the child had the same rights. It was kind of like, eh, yeah, we can sell both of you, I guess. But, yeah, but boy children could inherit property, which women could not. Always at one point. <sighs> My things have sort of changed. I mean, uh, it's be- obviously, obviously, not to get political, but it's because women are only 52% of the planet. If, if, if once you guys get, oh no, a majority, huh? Okay, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever. Don't reveal our plans. Right? <laughs> oh, so sorry. The, the, the secret handshake is safe for me. Now, so you grounded this in reality. Yes. Okay, which makes things scarier because that it, absolutely, absolutely. So it wound up not um, going in the um, medical horror collection, but um, Cassandra from Quill and Crow said that she had been working on a collection of women's gothic. Um, I, I want to say horror. It's not necessarily horror. I mean, some of them have. I mean, there's always kind of an element of that. Um, yeah, and the gothic is kind of a right. Right. So she invited me to be in her um, gothic anthology. And I'm really grateful because um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. But I I was inspired. Um, well, again, I don't know. I don't want to give too much away. Um, broad strokes. Inspired broad strokes. by. Oh, um, there's some, let's just say like some Lovecraftian elements. Okay. That, that's fine. That fits with our site. I mean, apparently yeah, our site's exactly. our rating is Lovecraftian. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's the, and you know, with the Kraken, like, I know that's not necessarily the same thing, but you know, kind of fits Kraken, in. Yeah. All fits in. Yeah. 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 All one day. And yeah, that's titles right. Titles are hard, by the way. You're right. It was hard. It was hard. Um, but I also did want to incorporate like the idea of um, motherhood into the story and, you know, um, like mothers and daughters and, you know, how things are passed down and how things are, you know, shared within a family. That's that's something that I write about a lot. So that's kind of where where that came from. And I want to bring this up because as I was reading your book, excuse me, your short story with. Them. Yes, mine is a short story. There's many amazing authors in this book. Ravens and Roses, a woman's yeah. gothic anthology. It's, yes. A, it reminded me of, yeah, I've had gothic class before. In English land, like, oh, yeah, no, I, really, I can see the similarities, the stylistics, you know, mm-hmm. but be uh, almost not to my shame. I'm not ashamed of this, but it reminded me of Downton Abbey a bit. Um, oh, I was like, oh, no, I, under- no, I understand. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it was that. And I was kind of going and, and honestly, it's been a long time since I read a lot of those types of of, um, you know, types of novels like Jane Austen and and those kinds of settings, you know, that was more when I was in college, but right. I was definitely going for kind of that, like, um, 
that era with the big spooky manor, you know, when you have the servants and you have like, you know, creepy things going on and creeping down corridors and stuff. I mean, it's that, it's, you know, that kind of classic, um, classic setting. It and is. And it's part where you take an unfamiliar world for most of us and you make it grounded to the place where we can go, okay, we might not have seen a mansion with this many servants, but we've seen an uncomfortable dinner. Like yes. Thanksgiving in America, any random day, right? Right. You see, we have the basis for this. Yeah. And I think you do that really well with Thank your, you. No, of course, with your story building and your, and your character building, especially. I have Thank got you so something. Much. I have a question. Yes. About, a non spoiling question okay. about the story, okay? Yes. Did you read the yellow wallpaper? Absolutely. Did it have any influence? Um, well, that it, it, that's an interesting question. I, I have another non spoilers. Yeah. No, I have something else that I'm working on that is just very much in the conceptual stages. Um, that is directly inspired by the yellow wallpaper. Um, this one, I would say that it was informed by that kind of um, definitely the the yellow wallpaper and things like um, I was really influenced by things like um, Kate Chopin's book, The Awakening. Mm. Um, I read that around the same time. And I read a lot of um, for my master's thesis, like way back in the day read a lot of like the Victorian um, quote unquote sensation novels. So um, like authors like Mary Elizabeth Braddon and uh, Wilkie Collins and some of those books with the idea of like the, the female again, hysteria or, you know, what happens with, with pregnancy or with childbirth and the different emotions. So yes, I would, I would say the yellow wallpaper is, is, is a big influence on my work in general. Right, and, and so it builds up. And I love how hysteria is not just a Def Leppard song. We learned no, this. No, we, not at all. Through, through reading. Now, yes. your master's thesis, not to bring up your English degree, but what was it on? What was the thesis? So the thesis was, and it's um, got a really long title that I don't know that I would even remember um, all the way, but I think it was called... It was called Aggressive, Desiring, and and Sane, The Medical Gaze in the Female Sensation Novel. Oh, wow. And the, the idea was, and again, <laughs> this is going way back. Um, the idea was the way that women are presented in these novels, um, you know, women who display any kind of, you know, aberrant behavior and in a lot of these older novels, it would be like, you know, criminal behavior, like, oh, is someone like a murderess? But while well, she must be insane or she must have been suffering from some sort of hysteria or leeches on her. Right. Exactly. Right. So so the medical gaze was a way that was used to explain any kind of behavior that a woman might have um, that was out of the norm. Um, so everything was. um like kind of pathologized that way um or in a lot of cases it was so so that, that kind of reading inspired um you know where where I was coming from with the character of Marina like you know she's experiencing some things that are really out of the ordinary her behavior is out of the ordinary and you know a, a doctor is brought in um to consult with her and see you know what's going on with her and 
And uh, that's a one way that he interprets it. So but then you get to see what, what happens. Yeah, it, it, that scene oddly reminded me of Star Trek when McCoy was going... Spoilers for Star Trek 4. If you haven't <laughs> seen the movie in the last, I don't know, 40 years or so, eh, might want to catch up. So yeah, Star Trek I... 4, they go back in time. Oh. Right? And McCoy's like, you, you know, he sees this patient on the, on the gurney. He's like, my God, what, what are you doing to her? It's like, what's wrong with you people? And I think a lot of the readers who aren't familiar with the reality of medicine, with the reality of, we'll say, society or social norms, mm-hmm. might just be chalk, you know, nails on a chalkboard. Like, why was this even like, yeah, that's not, oddly enough, when you read the story, that's not the fantastical part. Right. That's a sadly real grounding of it. Yes, I will say, I I will just say hydrotherapy was a real treatment and I think continued for a long time. Like even in in the United States, I want to say, you know, well into the the 20th century, I believe. And not to be confused with hydrotherapy now, the, the term now applies to like ice baths for athletes after, you know. Oh, correct. Yes. I mean, more it, sinister. Yes, a similar. It is a similar concept, but yeah, I mean, not yeah, not used in like a physical sure, therapy swelling. type way, yeah. right? Sure, my swelling is going right. down. Right uh, now, I need to know. Mm-hmm. I need to know if I am Kristen Cleveland. Yes. How do I wake up and start writing? Do I wake up and start writing? Do I do <sighs> I write in the afternoon? What's your writing schedule like? How do you get it on from thought to page to pen? Do you do you plot? I. I do tend to plot. The sad thing is, if you are Kristen Cleveland, you wake up and log into your day job at 7.30 a.m. until 4.30 a.m. I mean, p.m. I'm sorry, God. It feels like it's 4.30 a.m., but 4.30 p.m. And you, you know... Do your day, you know, I'm, I'm a proofreader is, is what I do in my day job for like a big company. It's what I do. And, you know, the writing and the thinking and everything like that is kind of running in the background. And then um, when I have time, whether that's after work or on the weekends, um, which, you know, I also have two kids, so it gets crazy and a dog. Um, but but I guess that's kind of how I would describe my process, that it's always operating in the back of my mind. I'm always thinking about ideas. I'm always, you know, looking at, you know, new um, new submission calls, like for new anthologies or for magazines and trying to think of like, you know, would this be a good fit for me or like, do I have ideas? So I just, yeah, I write ideas down all the time. I, I do plot things out. I read a lot and watch a lot of movies and things like that to kind of get inspiration. But sadly, the writing often takes place late at night or at odd times, but I'm trying to make it work. No, it's brilliant. Everyone has their own different spiggles. So thank you for explaining yours. Mm-hmm. Now, what would be, okay. What would be your advice to people who are writing for anthologies or magazines or even their own novel? What's, what's your advice in pitching? What's your advice in approaching editors or publications? Um, I would say probably my advice, um, and this is coming from a place of, I went through at least three years um, once I really started kind of trying to write seriously, at least three years of uh, nothing but rejections. Right. 
And then I started, you know, I mean, my writing approved, but then also I got more aware of, yeah, how to deal, like, approach editors and that kind of thing. And I would say my, probably my main mistake was, like, not knowing my audience. And, you know, I think it's really good to really research a market if there's something you're interested in, you know, read other stories they've published, um, be aware of things that are, you know, things that you could compare your piece to or like talk about your influences um, and just kind of try to find those calls that are really good um, fit for you and like for your for your expertise and like your interests. So if you see something that you think like, oh, man, I, I could really do something with that. You know, those are the things you you should go for as opposed to, you know, when I started out, I was kind of just like mm, this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and not to say you can't ever have success with that, because I'm sure there are people that do. But like to me, when I really started and, and Twitter really helped with this because I got on Twitter and I started discovering a lot more like yeah. magazines I didn't even know existed or websites I, I didn't even know about in when you really kind of start to understand what, where you'd be a good fit and kind of like develop your own, I mean, brand for lack of a better word, but your own style and that kind of thing. And you, I think, start to see more where you, you might fit in and who might be receptive to your work. Like I, I had one piece, um, this is a piece that's going to be coming out um, in Blood and Bone, which is an anthology that's coming out in September. I had submitted this to a website before and um, the editor emailed me back and he was like, you know, I don't know. It was okay. It just didn't really relate to it. And, um, you know, I didn't really connect with the characters or I was like, okay, you know, and then I wound up submitting it to ghost orchid press where um, it eventually got accepted. And, you know, that editor wrote back and said like, Oh, I loved it. You know, it made me cry and it, I really related to it. So it just, you know, depends on your audience. Sometimes you're going to find that person that that loves it. And then sometimes it's not for them and that's okay. You know, but if you do your research, you can kind of, I think, often find what somebody might be receptive to. No, that's brilliant. As, as a publisher and a writer, I, I can back that up because we'll get people submitting things that aren't remotely for the call. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And it's like, I was like, oh, uh, it might be real well written, cool, but no, I'm not, I can't. And then there's things where I, I think that is the, 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 everyone has a bad day. Like you mm-hmm. have no idea the first reader just having a bad day and it's just taking it out on your piece, like F this and just two, yeah. set, two sentences done. Where's right, my launch? right, right, like right. Car's blowing up now. And I could read this. Oh, God, I hate this. So you, right. you get those two things. So never take rejections part, unless they actually say you personally suck and take them. <laughs> but that's exactly it. I'm, I'm glad you have the resilience as a writer. Like that, you went through a dry Thank spell you. and we're just like, okay, I'm going to keep at it. And I'm glad because not only do you write light for dark for me, which is kind of cool. I like that a lot, very much. I like that too. Thank you. I, I think you're, I think we kind of invented that position for you, actually. Well, they, well, I, yours, honestly, and Jim, I, I just appreciate you so much because that was you, you were the first acceptance I ever had. Really? And yes, at Haunted, yes. And when I saw that call, and this is an example, kind of what I'm saying, when I saw the call and submittable for like horror, um, like Onion style articles for horror, yeah. I was like, oh my God, like I've been reading The Onion for like 15 years. Like this is, you know, this is for me. And I sat down and wrote that first one about uh um the horror villains were preparing for the coronavirus epidemic 
and and said it to you and then you you responded right away and you liked it so it was that was great that was a great feeling oh such a long long nice time ago it was yes but I, and i appreciate it and i always i always enjoy your stuff and i really Thank enjoyed you. the short story uh, it was amazing the one thing i have to ask yes and it's, no, don't worry it won't be a spoiler okay it, it's it's I, I know there's something coming next do you ever think about a novel Yes. Well, yes. I'm currently thinking, uh, currently in the very beginning stages of what I am thinking might be a novella. Um, And it is about um, one of my other short stories that was published in Black Telephone magazine. It was called Lilith, My Daughter. Um, And this is about the Lilith character that I, I'm thinking of, you know, I'm kind of expanding her universe a little bit. So, so I've, I've, um, I'm working on that. And I, I did kind of think when I wrote the story, um, Daughter of Salt and Sea, and then I wrote another one that's going to be out, um, in October in a, in a different anthology. Um, it was in a similar setting like Victorian London. And I thought, man, you know, maybe I could, Maybe there there's something here where somehow these were in the same universe or something like that. I don't know. So we might we might have to see. That that would be very cool because as I was reading Daughter of Sultan Sea, which of course is in Ravens and Roses, a women's Gothic anthology, out now on Amazon for I believe like a little bit under five bucks, which is how much I paid for my first Stephen King book, by the way, is like five. Oh my gosh, wow. Paperback. Imagine. Yeah, that was yeah. Like, a little bit ago. I was thinking like, my God, A, holy crow, you can write. Sincerely, like just, I, I, yeah. Obviously, I read LTD. I'm not that bad at my own site, but it's <laughs> no, a different, it's a different pen. It's a different style, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you really nailed the Gothic style. Thank you. you. Really, just nailed the crap out of this one. And B, I kept thinking, like, man, I wonder if she's got a novel on her. Let's hope. Thank yeah. you for asking. Let's hope. We'll see. Yeah, and, and if you if you do, just go, I would like to read it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take it my way. Take my way. I'll let, I will. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, again, th- uh, we're, we're running out of time. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks for coming Thank by. You. If you guys don't have this book, you need it. Ravens and Roses, Women's Gothic Anthology. You got the first story. And if anyone knows anthologies, the first one is the, sorry, everyone else in the book, I'm being real. The first story is always the strongest one because you need an <laughs> early hook. I hate to tell you that. That's true, but also... Hate to say, it might have been alphabetical. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure. Then they locked out. Then they locked out. That's all I know. <laughs> they locked out. Thank you. Yeah, I. I think it may. I. I think it may be an alphabetical order, so I can't claim that because they're. They're all. They're all amazing, and it's diverse group of women writers, like from coming from different cultures and different influences. So it's. It's awesome. It's there's something for everybody. I think. You know, and the writing is good, and you're being kind. But why are you the best person? So you're saying you're the best writer on it because even alphabetical, you you beat them. That's great. <laughs> That's what I hear from it. Again, it's on Amazon. Buy it. That's off the record. That's not on the record. <laughs> of course, I'm teasing, but I'm not teasing. Your talent is amazing. So thank you. That's all I know. Thank you. Buy it. It's thank well you. worth it. Even if you're just buying it for one story, it's well worth it for any one story. It doesn't have to be Christians, but I would buy it for Christians. Anyone, sorry, four ninety nine is no brainer, and you get an amazing volume of little poetry weaved into it. It's awesome. Yeah, the poetry is amazing. I know I didn't even mention that. There's poetry all throughout, from 
different um, poets from Quill and Crow. And yeah, it, it's it's a lot of bang for your buck. It really yeah. is. Slick, well done. Uh, Thank you. Really All right. Uh, anything you want to plug? Anything else? One plug. One plug. Okay. Out right now is the, um, I believe the fourth volume in the hundred word horror series from, um, ghost orchid press, which is, um, drabbles or hundred word horror stories. And they're, they've been really popular. This is the fourth one. It's called the deep. And it's also on our theme for today in the Kraken. And I have a little story in there. I'm number 100. So let's hope that your theory is not correct. (laughs) Sometimes you also need like the people to stitch it together and keep Close the it anthology. out. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Sincerely, mostly anthologies. It really is 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 the start and the end because the middle kind of snags you through. Well, and, let's hope. Yeah, and that's I'm number one hundred. What a good one! That's that's an awesome one to be on. You know which number I am? Zero. So you got hundred better than I did. That's all well, I. Know. Yeah, well, I hope, yeah, so that's out right now. You can get it on Amazon, and you can get all the other. I'm in a, a couple other of the 100-word horror series, too, and they're all really fun, so you can check those check out, too. Out. Yeah, absolutely. So we have The Deep, an anthology of dark microfiction by 100-word horror, $2.99. I can't even get coffee for $2.99. <laughs> Kindle edition, knock itself out. Paperback, $8.99. That's almost a tip at Starbucks. $4.99 for Raisins and Robas. Roses, I can state this up today. A woman's gothic anthology, $4.99. Kindle. It is awesome sauce. Buy them both. Buy all of them. Buy everything. Bye, everyone. On behalf of myself and Kristen, please. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.